three mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 60. I'm Tracy Profit. I'm Ruth Urquiaga. And I'm Jay Profit. All right. So we today are planning to talk about some I Love Math Day awesomeness, right? That's coming up soon. And Ruth's going to talk about a bowling alley problem. Right. We took that numberless word problem and made it better. Did it on the fly. Yep. It was really good. Awesome. And then we're going to try to talk about what you're going to do next with properties. Yeah. And then we'll end with um, the book club I had this week that was not about Jane Eyre. <laughs> it was about um, counting collections. And so we'll talk about how that went. Cause I'm, I'm guessing it went much better. It was for me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for both of the people in the book club, yeah, much better than Jane Eyre. Okay. So um, if you haven't listened to the I Love Math Day podcast that we did um, last year, you should go back and listen to it because uh, we've talked all about what that is. But my school is getting ready for year number six for I Love Math Day, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, having made uh, like the website that I made, which I'll put in the show notes, um, has really made this year's work for it a lot easier and it's been kind of fun to just like I have this planning page and I just click there like oh I'm on week two of January I need to be doing this you know wow Um, so six years of I love math day is almost as impressive as 60 episodes of uh, math before breakfast yeah (laughs) yeah we were talking about how many factors 60 has and right and how yeah this is it's been Con- pretty consistent. I mean, we don't, we're not always regular about when we put the episodes out, but yeah, it's still happening. It's yeah. good. And your six years of I Love Math Day, it, the fact that we're here and you're going to tell me new stuff yeah. is pretty exciting. It's not yeah. just same old, same old. Yeah. And that's episode 13. Oh, thank you. For it. Thanks for checking. So check out episode 13. That was a long time ago. <laughs> um, So yeah, I wanted to tell you about some of the new things that I'm excited about. So that's what I'm going to do. A lot of the things I have to share are coming from Christopher Danielson and his Math on a Stick, um, which you should certainly check out. Way to go, Christopher. Yeah. um, His stuff is awesome. So every year I add a few more things from his like Math on a Stick stuff to our I Love Math Day stuff because it's kind of the same, a lot of the same purposes I guess Um, but one of the things that we're making are geometry tiles and these are um, all the information's on his website or on his Twitter or whatever we'll link it we'll link it as we go along Um, but they are flat wooden rectangles made out of what do we use JJ for those what did you cut them out what was what was the wood kind of wood you got sanded plywood yeah just plywood quarter inch plywood yeah and they are cut so that the long side is twice the length of the short side so we ended up with five and a half inches across and two and a quarter inches down and we're going to dye them in food like diluted food coloring to make them different colors and then you paint them so that they have with you paint them black we're gonna paint them black so that some of them have a uh, isosceles triangle in the center of it from like um to the bottom corners up to the middle of the top side um 
so a very a wide black... one, not a short pointy one. It depends on how you're sitting. That, right. Yeah. That piece of wood. So, and then the other, the other half of the of the pieces will have triangles, like basically the negative the of, inverse that. of that. Yeah, the inverse. So it'll be black in the corners, and then you just use them to make all kinds of really interesting um, patterns and images with them put together, um, based on different. And we have four different colors of them too. So. So I cut about five hundred and thirty. Yeah. Uh, rectangles last week. Yeah. Um, at our local maker space called Vector Space. We, um, yeah, I used their machine and it was, you weren't gone that long, I have to say. Yes. It was it well, was pretty quick using someone else. It was else's a table equipment. saw. It makes it go a lot quicker than yeah. a circular saw in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's one I'm excited about. The next is a pattern machine. And um, if you go onto Lakeshore, and they have something called a multiplication machine. They also have division, addition, and subtraction ones. But it's like this rectangular piece of pla- or square piece of plastic, and it has it looks like a multiplication chart. And you punch the buttons up and down to like the, it's meant to practice your multiplication facts. Um, but I got this idea again from Christopher Danielson. He covers the the facts and the answers in a different color. So basically it just makes all these buttons in a nine by nine grid that you can punch up and down and make different patterns. And so just designs make things symmetrical, spell things out, what, you know, just, just punch up and down. It makes quite an interesting sound. I'm, I'm going to assume the clicking sound up and down is pretty, I, I really want to take one apart to see the mechanism inside yeah. because sometimes it jams and gets stuck down and you click it again. And I'm trying to figure out how that, yeah, it's it's kind of satisfying, like just the act of clicking them up and down. I know it's going to be quite loud in that room. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to um, say that satisfying is not the word I was thinking of. I kind of like it. I think it. When, when, I think when you're about... doing it, satisfying, but when you're listening to somebody else click it, it is yeah. not. Yeah. And in case you were wondering, Ooh. in today's uh, installment of Jay's Big Numbers, or yeah. maybe somewhat Big Numbers. <laughs> okay. Um if you didn't guess who was in charge of making all the stickers for those division and multiplication machines, um, you should wait, guess. Wait, wait, wait. I think you should just say who's in charge of making, right? Because didn't you make those geometry, geometry tiles that she was just talking about? I, I and you made the stickers. Yeah. And she's getting ready to list a whole other stuff that uh-huh. her husband is going to make. Yep. Yeah. So some awesome. of us out there with I Love Math Day you got to have like a two-person thing to make that happen. So when you sit down and think who really makes I Love Math Day. <laughs> it's really you, Jay. Well, so each one of these machines has 81 buttons because okay. it's a nine by nine grid. Yep. Are the multiplication ones the same way? Yeah. I haven't, I have, I've got a division one, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Um, so there's 81 little buttons on each one of them. Okay. Okay. And you had told me to plan for like 14, so my head... I rounded up to 15. Okay. Just because I thought, you know, in case we get one more. Okay. So automatically that's 1,215 stickers. Okay. Or no, 1,215 buttons. Okay. Each button needs two stickers. So that's <laughs> For the two, top and the side. 2,430 stickers. And in case you were at home were wondering, they are not the same size. Oh, no. They're two different stickers. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. So 2430 stickers, I go ahead and round that up to 2,500 stickers okay. as I'm planning to make stickers in my head. After I cut the first batch, I've got, the, you know, made a made a file, took it to the maker sp- vector space and cut it on a vinyl cutter. And it turns out this specific vinyl cutter, um, only about 80% of the stickers on that sheet are usable, either because a cut was crooked or a line didn't cut through. So now... 
if I am saying like, well, and, you know, and so I'm always like preparing a little bit, give myself a little extra space. So I say, okay, okay if I can only use 70% of those stickers, now I have to make 3,125 stickers. <laughs> okay. And that's on a 12 by 12 piece of vinyl. Yeah. So I now need, in order to make that many stickers, because on a 12 by 12 piece of vinyl, no, I'm using 12 by 12 pieces of vinyl. And on each piece of vinyl, I can make 256 stickers. So I need 12 square feet of vinyl Okay. Um, to get me that many that Wait, many so stickers. you need to buy a lot more of that stuff. I need 12, and... well, 12.2 square feet so do i need 13 and i'd look at the numbers and i think i'm going to back it down and just do 12 but that's 12 cut as best as i can yeah and you know they come on four foot rolls so that's three rolls um and that's not messing something up in the meantime (laughs) so that's what i've had to figure out and work with in order to make these click on click off pattern machines that are just going to be so cool i just want you to know i really appreciate you I also will link an image to a tweet where um, Christopher Danielson made like this ginormous one. And I I don't know how many, but I think it might be like, let's say, 10 by 10 grid of the machines. So like there's a huge square of them together. Did he like tape them together? And or why are we he... not doing that? Get well, him. because that's a lot of money. We don't have that much money. I'm like squeaking by on the, um, or hoping I'm going to squeak by on Just my make budget. One big one of those and stick them on the wall somewhere. Well, it's like, it's a bunch. Yeah, that'd be really cool. It's a bunch of them that he's laid down and it kind of like made it like a wooden frame. And what I saw that was really cool was at some sort of math conference or whatever they made, they like did a circle out of that. So they figured out. Oh, you know, the diameter and the radius yeah. for each one. Of oh, those. how to make a circle because yeah. there's not an inherent circle on that machine. Right. So when you make it big enough, though, uh-huh. you it can kind of look like a circle. It's pretty cool. So you have to, I'll just show you that. I tweet. think you absolutely have to do that after math day. Once you've had these little individual ones in everyone's hands, yeah. make a frame for them and you can hang them on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. So you can make a big image. Yeah. So are you borrowing these tools or are you I... these machines or have people said you can have them? I will let you I know, Tracy, you... that these stickers, once they go on, don't come off. Oh, I know. I okay. know. So I <laughs> I borrowed, first I put out an email to borrow them or an, and Facebook message to borrow them because I needed to like get my hands on one to work out the sticker issue or get Jay Profit to work out the sticker <laughs> issue. Let's be honest. Um, Let's. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I can't ruin them. And nobody was quite willing to like give lauren hensley said she'd give me the division one because she didn't think she would use it but everybody else was like "Eh, i might use it so i have to give those back so there's like a deal on lakeshore they're about 12 or 13 dollars so i'm gonna buy 10 from there and i've asked on my like sign up genius i've asked for donations it's not flowing too fast on my amazon or my sign up genius place um so well, yeah, I won't need all these stickers. Maybe you won't, but I think eventually, you know, like even in the next year, we can budget for more. Yeah. Um, I am getting a little bit nervous about like how my things are not, like the donations are not just rolling in. But and I did just say the stickers don't come off. The stickers will come off, but they will also pull the original stickers yeah. off that have yeah. division or multiplication or addition facts on them. So you could get the stickers off, but they wouldn't be usable. Yeah. 
Did I answer your question? Mm-hmm. I'm buying some and hoping other people will give us others. And it's the kind of thing. Oh, I got two off of um, Facebook yard sale. It's the kind of thing that like forever and ever now I'm going to be looking at like um, thrift stores and yard sales and, and buying them up when I see them. So keep your eyes out, yard sale friend over there. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Um, the next one, also from Christopher Danielson, is the Hexagon Challenge. And he oh, has- Oh, wait. You're doing that one too. After this, <laughs> after this, I'm pretty sure the rest are not things you're making. Okay. okay? Um, so for that, you- Why don't you describe it? Because when I first tried to describe it, I didn't do a good job. So why don't you try? Okay. Well, can you just- Can you describe what the point of it is? Okay, so, the, so the point is that you're we're going to use his the pattern like the I don't know what they're called 20th century pattern blocks or something 21st century um, they're called he's got some kind of pattern blocks that look cooler than the normal ones that you have and they have different angles and shapes and stuff and we're going to use those pattern blocks and you get a frame that is in the shape of a hexagon um or that has a hexagon hole basically and you try to fill it with his pattern blocks and make a unique design that um, no one else has already done and then we're going to take we're going to use the fuji i don't know how to say it that polaroid camera that's from fuji film um and take pictures of their um unique solutions and then take it right there well, no, more like so they can hang no, they them up. Can't have it. They can't have it. They're gonna put their name on it, but then they hang it up. And then when you think you have a solution, you have to go check first. Oh, all so the like others. a gallery of them. Yeah, okay, exactly. That's cool. Well, what we're gonna do is, is again, out of quarter inch plywood, is um, using a laser cutter, cut the hexagon out, um, and then put it on like another piece underneath it, so that there's a bottom, and we'll sandwich the two pieces of plywood, one that's cut, one that isn't. So that they have like a, a frame, but a tray that they can put their pieces in that will hold the pieces in, in the hexagon shape so that they can either take it or somebody or take a picture of it. So are you buying the shapes or is Jay cutting all of the shapes? All the shapes I already, we have, already them have them from last year. So every year I, the whole idea is that I plan a few more new things so that our school has access to a few more new things that we yeah. can use throughout the year. So what so. we're doing this year is, and I don't remember how many we decide we need, but s- several not thousands and thousands like you know 15 or, or something mm-hmm. like that um the actual f- frames that are going to be six and a half inch square with the hexagon cut out of the center hmm. um so kind of like your cuisinier rod frame that yeah, yeah kind of like that exactly. except except because of because it's a hexagon not just a, a square um i'm going to do it differently on a laser cutter instead of having a hand cut a, a hexagon so so really Jay Prophet, he's, you know, a little bit like, Oh, I've done so much, but also he's really excited. He's using there new, these there are new projects new machines to out at, to the, at the makerspace. Yeah. So he's pretty excited. All right. Um a couple more I'll talk about quickly. Um one I didn't talk anybody into doing it, but I just want to tell you about it because it's cool. I found because somebody <laughs> tweeted um, So this actually won't be an I It won't, but it but, but it's the perfect kind of thing. I bet next year I'll work it in there. <laughs> you gotta um, sell it from yeah. the beginning. So but I think it might be something you would be interested in. Um it's called the one hole punch puzzle and you take a you get a little picture and on the it's a it's a square um maybe let's say it was like three inches a three inch square four inch square or something and it has black dots on it to represent the holes and so your job is to take another square and fold it and punch 
a hole one time in order to get the dots to be where they are when you open it up on that puzzle on the on the image so if you like imagine if you folded a square and then punched it one time in the corner like in the most corner of the corners where it's all the foldy parts right there wait wait the most corner of the corners uh-huh, yeah or okay. where you folded it i was like, just trying to make sure I'm all the folds are it. together then when you open it all four holes would be in the very center right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it would be different than if you punched it in the the corner the diagonal corner. the uncorner exactly the one diagonal from that then it would be in the the four corners you know Mm -hmm. and so you just have to like look at the image of where the dots are and figure out where to punch it ruth is like yikes that's kind of like planning how to make a cut a snowflake exactly yes yeah but so i was thinking about the dots game that you gave me oh we fold the paper to make the no well that was Okay, so that was one Christmas ago, a couple Christmases before that. (laughs) She always gives me these brain teasers. (laughs) And then she always clarifies with, that's for your students. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let that stress you out trying to solve it. Yep. True story. Um, So dots is the game where you have one sheet of colored dots, just random. And then you have four transparent sheets. With green, a green sheet, a red sheet, a blue sheet, oh, yeah, a yellow yeah, yeah, sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up. To, I think it's called On the Dot. You have to rotate them. Yeah. And so that's what I'm thinking about. And every time one of my students plays that game, they're like, Missy, can you help me with this? <laughs> nope. Whew. Yep, On the Dot is what it's called. Yeah. It, it actually says, the super spotted brain teaser. There you go. <laughs> yeah. On the so Dot game. I do have to tell you that you gave $7. me- $7.37 yeah, if you want it on Amazon right now. <laughs> Dog, I don't know what you gave me the dog, dog pile, the dog pile game. Yeah, and I took it to Walt because he was done, and I was like, "This is from Mrs. Prophet." Oh yay! And so she thinks that you would be awesome at it. And doggone <laughs> it, if he didn't just crank out some of the hard ones. Wow. I mean, yeah, he's just a fun student to have in class, mm-hmm. and so him knowing you and me being able to say. Wink, wink. Guess who this is from? And the hands-on equations videos that we did this week. There's uh-huh. Miss Prophet's voice. Yay! It's I know me. her. Cool. Oh, that's the one. Okay, now I know this game. That's the one you gave her this year. Yeah. And Carrington was trying to put together breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The easy one. And Walt just like cranked out the level three. Like, here's your dog, and you can stack them three levels high. Guys, they have one called Haystacks with all different barnyard animals. Oh, that's pretty cool. There's a cat one too. <laughs> cat Let's... stacks has different yeah. cat shapes, but Haystacks is barnyard animals. That's cool. Speaking of Christmas presents, Trip Ruth gave Trip a game called Risk Factor, and which I think is sort of a stupid name for it. I have to say, but it's a good game. Um, the, Would you just call her gift stupid? No, just no. the name. The person who made it, the, oh. they could have had it bed much better. Ten or I don't know, whatever. So it's just these dice that have the letters of the word ten and the letters of the word one on the sides. So T E N O N E on the dice. And it's maybe like eight dice, I think. And you, um, this is another game we're using for I love math. You roll them and you see if you can spell the word 10 or the word one. If you can spell the word 10, then you get 10 points. If you can spell the word one, you get one point. For however many times you can spell the word 10. Exactly. And then you take out the, f- so let's say you spell 10, you, you take out the T and set it to the side and that becomes 10 points for you. And if you spelled one, you'd take out the O and that becomes one point. And then, so now you have six dice and you roll again to see if you can spell something. Um, and each time you have to decide, do 
I want to roll again? Kind of like in the game of skunk. Um, do I want to roll again? Because if you roll and you don't spell anything, then you lose all your points from that, that particular turn. round. So it's very much probability. And they it's cool in the very bottom of the directions, they tell you the probability of spelling a word for each amount of dice, yeah. which I think is neat. So that that was a really quick and easy game to learn. That, that one think. was fun. We played yeah. that one. We've played that one a lot at the table. Like after we're done eating dinner or yeah. something, we start yeah. playing that one. Um, okay, I got two, three more. I'll be fast. Soma, um, which I was think is how you say it. I got. What are you laughing at me for already? I'm not laughing at you. It's a funny name. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is. I'm not calling you dumb. I'm calling the name dumb. <laughs> okay. You guys are really critical of people naming their games. <laughs> I wasn't. Yikes. I was just laughing. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this is. I got it off of the um, Math Equals Love website, Sarah oh. Carter, mm-hmm. and um, you take the. She took the one inch cubes, like just regular like wooden cubes and there's like a arrangement that you glue them together in so you would like take you need 27 of them to make a three by three by three cube but you glue them in in parts so like one of them might be shaped like an l and one of them is shaped like three across and one on the top so kind of like 3d tetris pieces okay oh, gotcha and then the puzzle is to you make all these particular arrangements and then the puzzle is to get it together in a cube and it's hard but i think the cool thing is that there are many ways that it can be done uh, there's not just one solution of how you can put it together and then also she has all these printouts that she's made she got them from somewhere else but um of other shapes that can be made out of those seven oh, different like pieces exactly yep so it's like a 3d tangram or pentominoes puzzle because it goes 3d up duh. okay um check that one out i'm i'm gonna buy i do all the buying like tomorrow but i'm gonna buy colored from somewhere like eai or something i'm gonna buy colored cubes instead of just wooden ones and so i'll make a set out of the yellow and i'll make a set out of the blue and i'll make a set out of the green oh cool um, so the are they are they wooden cubes mm-hmm. they're wooden but they're already colored okay yeah um and then <laughs> to tell you something funny so i put on my um like sign up genius i needed four bottles of wood glue because i was gonna like farm this job out to patsy sellers and friends and i wanted to send home the wood glue with them and we have this um police officer who like kind of has a um what's it called partnership with our school and so his wife was like signing up for lots of things i do appreciate her a lot she was signing up for a lot of the things and she signed up for to bring the wood glue and he comes in and has this huge box he's like well you said what size wood glue were you looking for and i'm like oh just you know regular size and he pulls out like a half gallon or a gallon of wood glue <laughs> and i was like well that worked too <laughs> apparently it was like somewhere that she works or something they they had it so anyway we have so are you going to get smaller bottles in which to put this wood glue i guess i don't know i haven't worked that, i haven't gotten that far i don't mm. have the wooden cubes yet so i haven't had to think about it but patsy sellers will help me with that i'm sure so you're taking cubes and gluing them together to make these shapes. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I when I I practiced once in my room and I just like I know you'd probably want to use clamps, but I just used rubber bands and like glued them. I would want to use clamps. Yeah. And for anybody out there that has a friend or any loved one who likes woodworking, they can never have too many clamps. Yeah, you got that that joke from me. Well, okay. I, know. I appreciate that. Yep. 
It's um, true at our house that. too. Mike doesn't even do woodworking, but every time there's clamps at the yard sale, we need them all. Yep. Oh. Because you all. always need different sizes and different lengths and yeah. different. I'm just you know, sitting here looking things. at your clamps, holding up your. Yeah, <laughs> you I've just got them everywhere. I've got all different. <laughs> Look on that table kinds over there. <laughs> okay. The long ones are on the rack behind where you can't see. Do we but, have yeah. time for two more, or do yeah, we, we need do. to cut them off? Okay. Oh, we're we're plenty. We're good. Okay. Um, Family Math Night is a great website where I don't know the lady's name, but she's collected a lot of really cool resources and. Um, one of the ideas I liked from hers is called pom pom. I'm not sure how to say this word. Pointillism, pointillism, pointillism. I guess. Basically, she's created these like big grids and then task cards or something like clues where it says put a red one at over five up four, put a green one at over ten up two or whatever, and it makes um, like a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog or Mario and something else. And you're using your the people would be gluing pom poms to those particular spots, like mini pom poms. And so, M I N I or M A N Y? M both. Oh, mini um, mini poms. So it's a it's a group art math project that. You know, everybody does a little bit too, and then it makes this image at the end. So she has a lot of project group projects like that, where you just do a little bit and then come back and. So later. how are you going to manage that? Is that something that a teacher is going to do in her classroom with just her class? That'll be one of the afternoon activities, and there would be one or two volunteers at that station telling kids what to do. So okay, yeah. for every grade level, like any grade could go in. Um, it's only for third through fifth grade, and. Okay. Um, it would be in two in only in only two classrooms, and they it's one of the things they can do in the afternoon when they're moving around, doing lots of stuff. So it's only the first quadrant of the coordinate yeah. grid. Yeah, but you could you could do the same idea and edit it to be not be cool, right? Yeah, that would be cool. Um, and finally, a game called Pentago that one of our fourth grade teachers found um, and asked me to get some more of. And it is sort of looks like it's a four quadrant game that has three by three holes on it. And you put these black and white um, balls on and it's kind of like the idea of tic-tac-toe, but then. There are four of them beside each other. And then the tricky part is that at some point, I don't know exactly when, the the whole three-by-three three tic-tac-toe board rotates. So you're trying to work it so that you get five and five of your color in a row, but there's this, like, all the time rotation of the of the boards. I don't know. She, they were playing it in her class, and they were really loving it. And she's like, we need this for I Love Math Day. So... Hmm. To be continued on the details right. of that one. <laughs> so those are the new things I'm excited about. And and I think that it, it would be easy to be like, oh, we've done this for five years. Let's just recycle things. And we are recycling plenty, right? But this is also what gets me excited about still doing it on year number six is new things that our kids are going to get to experience. So shout out to Christopher Danielson. You got to keep yeah. coming up with new stuff. Right. So Tracy can <laughs> yeah. have a place to go. <laughs> Next year in August or September when I when the Minnesota State Fair comes, I'm going to be like, okay, what's next? What am I making? <laughs> I really think we should try to go to the Minnesota Gosh. State Fair. Yes. I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Too bad it's like right when school is starting for us. And right? in Minnesota. 
Yeah. That's, yeah. I have, you don't know how many times I've looked up plane ticket prices to Minnesota. But what if I left on a Friday afternoon and got back on a Sunday night? How much would that cost? I've, I've done that a lot of times. Let's you know, do you it You could sometime, get a Ruth. couple people and, and drive up there, make it a trip. Uh, <laughs> Big numbers by Jay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, if you if you had, a, a, you know, two or three people that were interested in going mm-hmm. to that. But it's also when school started already. Well, I can't fix that problem. Yeah. I can only fix one thing at a time. Yeah. I say one year we just say, to heck with how much it costs and we just go. Okay. Yeah. This might be the summer, this coming summer. We'll see, Ruth. I get to go to Alabama on a um because of that that grant the professional development grant I got oh. and and I just read that the expenses are paid okay. so I'll be taking Sweet. a trip. Sweet, I'm going yep. to New York City because Yay. we're going to celebrate our 25th anniversary. So and you're going to go to the Museum of Math. I oh. hope. Have you talked him into yes. that? Yes, we have already. I've listed everything we're doing, yes. and that is day two. I can't Guess promise that he's going with me, but <laughs> we're Blacksburg. And I'm going to work today. I know you oh. two are off, but oh. not me. <laughs> All right. I talked for a really long time about I Love Math Day. Let's hear about your bowling alley problem. Okay. So we just kind of talked about how to come up with a numberless word problem. And I was headed into school that day. This was an episode 59. Correct. With one class that was going to have to take a quiz and the other class that I was going to have to do something with until we could start a new lesson. So on the fly, right after Math Before Breakfast, I Googled um grocery store and there were not very many cool pictures and so then I just was like bowling alley so I got a really cool picture of a bowling alley with all the lanes lit up cool and my um warm-up for that day was list all the places that math takes place in the bowling alley okay so we had really cool discussions about um what angle you would have to hit the gutter ball or hit the gutter lanes in order for it to knock down and I'm like yeah but I think that if you have those down you're not really using math to figure out where you're going to hit it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um anyways that was great discussion and of course they got like points and then go to the snack bar and go to the arcade so the next slide says you woke up on a snow day and mom left you money on the table and a note that said take your sister's bowling what kind of information would you need in order for this to turn into a math problem? And again, the discussion was really good. And these are one of those low floor, everybody can answer and have the correct and feel safe because there's not one right answer. Yeah. Um, so the next slide says mom left you a note and told you to take your two sisters bowling. So now we have a conversation about what does that mean? If you're going to take your two sisters, does that mean you're going to multiply things by two because that's in the word problem or are you going to do something else? Oh, you and your two sisters. So we're going to multiply by three. Yeah, that's good. Then we talk about how you could write three times something. um, And it's where I, you know, say 3M side by side means multiplication. I put three outside the parentheses. I use three with a dot. I use three with an X. And Mm -hmm. we kind of have this conversation about how you're moving into algebra. And so using an X for multiplication kind of is becoming limited. It's not wrong, but we don't, you don't ever see three times X because it's really confusing. You just Mm -hmm. say three X. Yeah. Okay. So then the next slide says, mom left you $50 and a note that said, take your two sisters bowling. What kind of questions can we answer? Um, 
And they're still like, you know, well, you have to know how much things cost. And so the next slide says you get to the bowling alley and you have to make a decision because it's two fifty per game or $10 for the day. Um, and this was really interesting. We ended up creating a ratio table so they could see one game, two games, three games, four games. Students talked about how long it was going to take to play four games. They were the older sibling. And so if you don't spend $10 per person, then you have to take them home early and then you have to entertain them. <laughs> so you might as well spend the whole day there. Yeah. And there um, was the shoes. Correct. And then that was another where it was um, $2 for shoes. And it was really cool to watch them um, create some kind of a math problem and the distributive property just got laid out right there for us because some mm. kids said three times 10 plus three times two. And then other kids said, well, it's just three times 12. Well, how did you get 12? It looks like you wrote 10 plus two and you put that in parentheses. That's cool. um, so that was really good discussion that way. And then I kind of changed it up and I put the snack bar menu again, just Googled bowling alley snack bar images <laughs> yeah and put a snack bar menu up on the screen and was like and you have to feed them unless you were smart enough to know that you had to give them a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before they left but let's be honest but let's when not you, be honest your exactly. dad wasn't that smart so yeah. likely you're, you're gonna be that smart <laughs> um it's like let's you know when you go to the bowling alley everybody wants something to eat yeah and so it was fun to like let them choose well we're going to share a large pizza and they can't have any toppings and they're going to drink water because that's all my money. <laughs> or they're going to, you know, buy chicken tenders and everyone's going to get two. Yeah. If my mom was going, they're, she's buying the most, this is real life, she's buying the most expensive sundae you've ever seen. It's like this huge brownie sundae and then we all eat it. <laughs> it's disgusting, but awesome at the same time. <laughs> Wait, does an ice cream sundae at the bowling alley? Yes, this uh, this bowling alley this is pretty awesome. This must be some awesome. kind of like, you know, luxury bowling it alley. It is. It oh. is in Richmond. Yeah. Holy moly. It's pretty great. Yeah. Carry on. Got no, got no ice cream at the Lynchburg bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the whole idea was that I wanted them to turn that problem into an expression or yeah, into, um, an order of operations expression because they had solved it kind of as they were going along. Um, right. and so the, our question was how much change would you have from the $50? Okay. And it really helped me as a teacher find out that a lot of them just put the minus 50 on the end of the expression they, because they that's the that. last operation you do. Yeah. And so then when you tell them to solve it, oh, well, I should subtract it from, right? So if you're going to subtract it from, where should it go at the beginning? Yeah, but that doesn't work because I do the multiplication, but I have to go left to right when I'm subtracting and adding. Oh, that's why we have parentheses. Yeah. Um, so I forgot to say this part. Everybody got to choose what they wanted from the bowling alley. But then I had one student who did this really detailed checklist of what she was doing for her siblings. And I just took a picture of it, put it on Google Photos, and put it up on the board and was like, this is the one everyone's going to do. Let's all write this expression together. And then after we'd written the expression as a group, they went back and wrote one for their problem. Cool. And it was the whole class. So I ended the class, like you said, with this funny video that I just was like funny bowling <laughs> and, and hold your breath hope it's nothing right. inappropriate well, you do have to pre-watch it you can't just do it on the fly but it ended class with 
this is what it could have been like or, yeah. you know, so it was a good lesson Good that I got right here from Math Before Breakfast. I'm so glad. Boom. That's awesome. I shared that with That um, sounds like it went really far. You got a lot out of that one. Yeah. That's, I did. That's pretty neat. And it's, that's like you solve one quality word problem yeah. and people feel success instead of here's a page of word problems. Yeah. I wonder if it had been like <clears throat> as a fan of people watching I could have gone and just sat in a bowling alley one evening and watched and looked at all the different problems that popped up in my head. Like, mm. oh, they're doing that or they're doing that or like, yeah. you know, spending money at the pool table or, you know, playing video games. You know, stuff that's not bowling centric, but you see while you're sitting in the bowling alley. The last time we were at the bowling alley, um, we or maybe I don't know if it was the last time, but one of the times that my mom took the kids, we they got a lot of tickets somehow. I don't remember what they did, but they like had playing video game tickets. Yes, okay. yeah. Like, Why do you get tickets and, playing bowling? And it was like we were trying to buy stuff, and or the kids were trying to buy stuff, and Adley was really struggling to think of it. I get that and that. How much? How many tickets am I going to have left over? And she just was like stuck, like in tears because she was so anxious. I, you know, she's running out of time. And um, I realized she she didn't know the adding up strategy for subtraction. Like she had no cl- oh. no idea of how to do like, you know, 600 minus 357 or something and adding up to it. Um, and I was trying to explain it to her that way and – and she just was – it was a hot mess of a math teacher slash mom moment. <laughs> but later we've talked about it. And since then she's she's grasped that, like, that whole jump to this number and jump to this number and then add up all your jumps together. Yeah. So there's a math. There's there some, You could have watched that happen and been like, yeah, what's that mom doing? You could have watched that happen. How many times have I watched that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, good job on that word problem. I shared it with a unit this, week, this past week, and they were like, yeah, I think we might use that. So – well, I have a really cool PowerPoint slide with a little yeah. bowling link and pictures and stuff. Yeah, so I'll link great. it in the show notes. Thank you. So you decided that – so at one point last week, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or on the run, you are like, yeah, I'm not going to teach properties. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've changed your tune a little bit. Okay. So, so tell us about In that. all fairness, this is like a huge transition year for our right. objectives. Yeah. And so everything from this seventh grade is being – piled on to me but my students haven't had what was piled on to fifth grade so I'm in the middle really drowning like can you add scientific notation to your curriculum sure well that's not just one day right and instead of just multiple or adding and subtracting integers can you also teach multiplication and division of integers and can you please still teach all of this stuff and so one of the things that I have taught in the past was properties and simplifying properties simplifying algebraic expressions using them like three plus x plus five equals eight plus x because of the commutative property and I was like I just can't do oh and I also have to teach inequalities along with one one step and not just one step equations but could you please do two step equations so I was like, okay, I need to sit down with you because you're my administrator and you're the one saying, could you do this? Can you do this? And I need to show you my calendar and you need to help me plan it out. Um, Because I don't want to wait until April and say, oh, I have to teach every computation of fractions. Yeah. Like we got to get on this. Right. 
So as we're sitting there and she's looking at it, she's like, oh, well, you can't teach fractions in a week. Yeah, I can't teach fractions yeah. in a week, right? Um, and so now we're kind of at the end and we've got the fractions and the things in there and properties are just kind of hanging out and metric measurements are kind of hanging out without a place to go. And I said, so what if I just do properties at w- once a week, not for the whole lesson, but for a warm up? Mm-hmm. And so we kind of brainstormed and property brothers popped into my head. And so we're going to do property brothers Monday. And they're the ones that flip houses. I'm really going to try to get where you would use properties in real life. Within that context? Within that context. That's cool. So it'll just be a problem and you'll have to help them solve what they can solve because there's a lot of unknown in flipping a house. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, you said that earlier this morning and I didn't understand the reference. So I hope you'll show a clip or two of the I show will. so like, that they can get excited about it. That's, that's my wife, you know, pop culture icon, Tracy oh. Prophet. Did you know that <laughs> was yes, a I thing? knew who the property brothers were. Mm, okay. Because yeah. I've watched HGTV. Okay. Well, now it sounds, it, it is sounding familiar to me now that you're they're, saying it. They're twins. They look, I mean, well, I don't know if they're twins. They look very much alike. They should yeah. be twins if they're not. Yeah. Cool. I like it. So we're going to check that off the objective list because they'll be have introduced to the names of the properties. And that's what she said. She was like, you just have to be able to do it. And hands-on equations, shout out one more time, but my students got to distributive property. And so I'm going to be able to reference that. Mm -hmm. And I can do that in the property brothers scenario where you buy this and this and this and you need it for three mm-hmm. houses and so you multiply it by three so yeah. and the bowling alley pr- problem because mm-hmm. you, you know they've seen oh, it there too yeah they've seen it there so i'm gonna say that yes i have taught properties i just have not said today we're going to do but let's be honest that's a better way to teach it than what I've been, what I used to do is like, okay, we're going to do properties. Today's commutative. Tomorrow's associative. Can you find, here's this expression. Which one am I using? Like that's missed, completely missing the point of the properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to, you're going to be using them in context, which is where they okay, should be Okay. So used. here's my question. Okay. You give them vocabulary when they need it. Yeah. Just in time scaffolding. Yeah. So when do they need it? I mean, obviously, you said I hope you would introduce them to Property Brothers so they could be excited. So they watch a video about Property Brothers, and I give them a problem that says they need 50 nails for the deck, and they need some nails for the stairs, and they need 100 nails for something else. Okay. How many nails do they need? Mm Mm-hmm. So a student says, well, they need at least 200. How did you do that? Like, when do I give them the vocabulary? So I think it, I think it comes in. Okay. What did you, so they're going to, can you say the number? Do you remember the numbers again? 50 and some. 50 plus some plus 150. Okay. So 
it would come in them writing what I just wrote on my paper, which is 50 plus X plus 150. Mm-hmm. And then I honestly think that they that you're going to have kids that are going to go, oh, I could put the 150 and the 50 together. That's 200. So it's I need 200 plus X. Like that's not too far of a jump that they would just do naturally. But then you say, you know... You knew that it was okay to do that, which is a little weird because it gets into that, like, obedience. What was that word from the Tracy Zager book about, um, like, you can do this or you can't do that in math. But, like, oh, what was that word she talked about? I forget. Compliance. Whatever. Like, you know, I think then the question comes, how did you know it was okay to do that? Well, that's because there's a property that says that, you know, if we're adding things or multiplying things, you can rearrange them. What's the name of that? It's the commutative property. Like, I think it comes in right after you ask them to justify how do they know they were able to do it. Well, from now on, instead of just saying it's okay to rearrange them, let's let's call it, well, let's use its real name. Does okay. that? And then you put it on an anchor chart. You know, you define it on an anchor chart or something. Does or that I work? Find a picture of the property brothers, and they could hold up the word commutative. Yes, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe I'll ask Jay Prophet to make that PowerPoint for me. Yeah, <laughs> in between his I love math day tasks, sounds great. I like it, Ruth. All right. I think it's a good. I think it's good. And then I hope you'll share them as you go along. We could probably make that happen. Okay. I'm willing to share anything. It's just a matter of me actually doing it. Yeah. I hear you. All right. Final thing. What did you, was there anything else you want to say about properties before I jump into the next one? No, I'd like to not say how great it's going to be until it actually happens. <laughs> yeah. I'll wait to praise it until <laughs> Did you want to talk about your additional large numbers yet? Or do you want me to talk about it's book club? It's going to be my takeaway. Okay, great. So the final thing is I want to talk about the book club that happened this week. Um, I was granted a Lynchburg Education Foundation grant to um, fund this Counting Collections um, library of materials that the teachers can borrow. And I'm well on my way of creating that collection. Pe- teachers have actually been borrowing it. I'm just not all the way done. Um, but included with that were eight copies of the Counting Coral Counting and Counting Collections book. And before Christmas break, I asked, or before winter, or winter holiday break. There you go. I asked, um, who wants to participate? And I did eight people did sign up, um, seven teachers and one teacher assistant. And every unit was represented except for, um, fifth grade, which I think is pretty awesome. Really spanned pre-K all the way up to fourth. And, um, I asked them to read just the, the intro chapter And then the chapter about their grade band related to counting collections. And then the chapter at the end about the family, about the family and school connection. So it didn't, it's already a thin book anyway, but that didn't feel like a huge amount to to read. Um, And so we had the, the, um, and I gave it to him to read over break. And then I had the meeting this past week. So it was like a week and a half after break had ended. And it was so great. It, it was so encouraging. Um, everyone talked a lot, you know, and they were very excited about it and positive about, oh, I can really do this idea, you know, and we're agreeing with the points that he, the, the writers had made. Like, for example, don't um, 
tell them how to do it, you know, let them make the decisions about how to group it and what tools to use and all that. They, the teacher really bought into that idea. Um, here are the two of the decisions that I think, well, here are three of the things that I think made it go well. And I've had some book club sort type of things that were only mildly successful. So these are the things I think it made go well. There wasn't a ton to read and they had a break to read it, right? That was one. The second one, there were two teachers in there that had already tried it and they were totally bought in. Yeah, two converts already. I really did. And they they had, they had uh, you know, experiences to talk about and relationship mm. to the book, you know, and that just made so, they were really fired up about it and they did it like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They did it repeated and they could talk about how the first day they were like, holy crap, that was awful. And then by Thursday, they were like, oh, this is so good, you know. Um, so they really added to the whole experience for everybody else, I think, from having done it and get, having like advice, you know. And they and it was right. cool. They were they were talking about just how many things were true about what they read in the book, you know, like their the book and their experience were very much like in sync with each other but then they would also be like oh and then I read the book and I wished I'd done this so they were still learning new things it was so good the other thing that was cool is that we have our um after school program going on at the same time and so I asked the after school program director if I could borrow two students and so we talked about the book for a while this is a, just an hour-long book club. So for like 20 minutes, we talked about some questions that I had prepared. And then we were like, okay, we're going to have two second graders come in and let's let's watch them count collections and see what we can learn from it. And so we kind of real fast made some decisions about what we were going to – what the prompt was going to be and what which bags – like what size collection and what, what we were going to ask them to do. And then one of our teachers, one of our – brand new first first year teacher said I'll I'll facilitate it and I said everybody else has to just listen um and she facilitated them doing it and we watched them and we watched them you know make interesting mistakes we watched them um realized one of them could count by twos and the other one couldn't and I can't go into like all the details but just for time um it was really rich to just mm. focus and watch one group of kids do it for an extended amount of time. Um, were it, the kids nervous? You know, they were okay. I mean, they they were probably more reserved than they would have been. Um, if they weren't sitting in a room with eight teachers. Sure, exactly. And you could see that the girl was frustrated that the guy wasn't like catching on to what was going on you know she probably would have been a little more feisty so they were working together yeah yeah um and she could clearly count by twos and he couldn't which i i just that was like one of my favorite parts is that had they really been paired in the classroom he was hearing an authentic use of counting by twos which is just better than like let's all count by twos for the hundredth time you know Mm -hmm. he he was you know thinking about it and there was times where he was sort of catching on but anyway he would get to 20 and kind of get lost so so many good things and then we ended with talking about what's next everybody's got to plan at least one round of trying it in their classroom and i'm gonna coach them in whatever kind of level of support they want through that so i think the having kids to to slow them, the teachers down and think about the math and, and helped them sort of think through what they would have said in their room. Like, you know, as the, that one teacher was leading it, they could all be thinking, oh, I would say this, or I would help in this way, or, 
you know, it was hard. They commented about how hard it was to not like just tell them what to do. Like, you know, put them in groups of 10, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I remember from when we did our um, teaching, becoming the math teacher you wish you had mm-hmm. book club. And when we had trip there to like do the whole triangle conversation, yeah. like that was, I learned a lot from just watching and watching in a group and then ta- reflecting about it and talking about it. So I don't know. I like that idea of including kids in your practice of learning. Right. So yay for book club. I'm thinking about book club. Um, what's going to be next. The next book club. Yeah. All right. Time for takeaways. Time for takeaways. You want me to go first? Yeah, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one of the places that I've found recently while looking, well, well I've heard of this website years ago. Um, it's called 538.com and it's um, a, a, a website all about statistics and they deal a lot with uh, politics. I mean, they always have. Um, and there's, I, I heard about them. It was on a completely separate podcast. Um, the West Wing Weekly was interviewing them because they do a lot of politics, statistics and forecasting and stuff like that. And so they were on there and that's how I heard their website and went on there. It's just, it's interesting for anybody that likes data and statistics. Um, so I went to their website recently looking up some, you know, looking for something, you know, so trying to find a large numbers thing or, or just information on that. It's cool. And so kind of got into their website. I hadn't really seen their website in a long time, but they just have all sorts of data. The one that I picked up today, that's not large numbers, but as a football fan and a fan of the San Francisco 49ers who just last night won the NFC championship and are going to the Super Bowl, which will probably have happened by the time you hear this podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, so I went on their website this morning, just looking again, and they have um, like the probability of who will win their, their predictions for the, the entire year. And you can go back into it more and they um, are predicting the winner of the Super Bowl, and they are unfortunately wrong when they predict that the Kansas City Chiefs have a sixty-three percent chance of winning the Super Bowl. And they do all different, like, like they do different forecasts and different, you know, different things. And they they'll run it the the simulation many times to see how it comes out. So it's not, you know, it's they do a lot of work, and I, I more so than I can even really understand. But they give the Kansas City Chiefs a sixty-three percent chance of winning versus. Um, the 49ers a 37% chance of winning the game. So we'll see how, how their predictions are. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff from, you know, it's not all politics. You know, there's some sports, there's some culture, there's some science, you know, there's all kinds of things that they, that they work in. And for a lot of their stories, they make their data sets available to the public. Cool. So you can go in like they, they, you know, they'll talk about the data and, and their simulations, but they also have a link at the bottom called data that you can go in. And I don't think it's for every story, but for a lot of their stories, you can go click. There's like an info button that explains what their data, like all the different um, variables in their data. And then you can download the raw data set to use. So probably for elementary, there's, you know, probably a lot of the data, not, not that it's inappropriate, but it may be, you know, the situations of what, how it's used maybe over top of their head, but especially for, you know, high school and, and maybe some middle school, like where you could, you know, where, you know, where they understand and you can use real, real data and, you know, not every piece of it's going to be, you know, it's not like every, every set will be usable, but there's a lot of stuff there. And I just, I just realized that 
um, recently that they make their data sets available for, for people to download and use. I could tell that you just recently did that because on our episode about statistics, you weren't near as excited about it as you were <laughs> about the statistics you just found on this website. Well, when you're teaching statistics to sixth graders <laughs> versus real life statistics, there's there's a whole different there's a whole different. Yeah, interest but you could have thing. contributed that and been. Yeah, excited. and I didn't, I didn't know about the, all of their stuff at that point. Do yeah. they have a lot of graphs? They have a ton of graphs. Because that would be another good place that, you know, that whole... So many graphs, I don't even know what they mean half the time. Where, I mean, if you could find one that they could understand, that whole idea of um, revealing, slow reveal, I think is what it's Mm -hmm. called, where you just have the image and then you add back the scale and then you add back the label and then you add back the title and the, you know, the key and all that. They have little, like, line trend graphs all the time, you know, following politicians, following approval ratings following all kinds of things that happen awesome. and um thanks Jay. they also have a piece called the riddler one last thing okay and it's a like a, a riddle you know all around math and statistics and numbers um and you guys would like last week's riddler they have a, a riddler express which is a short one and their classic which is a longer one okay but last week um the question was to find a fraction with a whole number excuse me whole number numerator and denominator that was greater than one over 2020 and less than one over 2019 with the smallest possible denominator. So you're trying to find a fraction that falls between those two, one over 2019 and one over 2020, because we just turned from the year 2019 to 2020 and find the fraction between there that has the smallest denominator. And there are all kinds of answers and it's way too much for me to explain right now. But it was interesting to see, you know, what my mind went to right away versus what this person, the the solver that they, they, they focused on, I think two different people that had solved it in two different ways. And one person, very mathematical, one person wrote code for how they would, how they would have solved it and how they, you know, how they, I think it's, I think it was actually to check how they had solved it mentally. That's cool. Um, and so they have, I mean, it's, it's a really neat site. It's, you know, probably not something everybody would enjoy, but I think your group, your group of listeners would really, enjoy. it reminds me a lot of, um, if you guys probably never saw the movie Moneyball, but it's about a baseball manager who hires an assistant manager who knows all the statistics and has to make the best choice of players and everything with a limited budget. Um, it was based on a true story. And it's, it reminds me a lot of these like really statistic minded, loving people getting in there and, and really making use for real people out of this this you know form so of mathematics to answer or do we have to look it up would you like the answer i would like the answer it's two over four zero three nine huh now which it, is like it, one over two twenty nineteen and a half. Oh. I was going to say, now now um, we have to pause and like work back. How do they get that? that? You know, you could do that work from there. But yeah, that makes sense. I should have thought of that. Huh. And, you know, I figured, I mean, I looked at it and, and the, right away I was like, can you get one over what's in between that and then make it work um, to get a, a whole number? And there's all kinds of details on the website about how she figured it out and did a lot of, you know, a formula she did. I didn't look into the code. The, for the cool. solver who wrote that code really because it cool. may not have made sense. I like it. Thanks, Jay. Let's sure. check, out that web- check out that website. Ruth, do you have a takeaway? 
I think that my takeaway is that I know what I'm going to do on my day off today and be searching some Property Brother photos there and videos. Awesome. So that I can be prepared for that lesson in two weeks. I don't think I've ever been prepared for something two weeks in advance, but I'm set for this and for you, this week. And you've so. got a rest from your triathlon practice. That was, was a not real a practice. Triathlon. That was a real triathlon. She did it rest yesterday. from your real triathlon. Yes. I just forgot to wear my padded shorts for the bike portion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> Amateur mistake, right? <laughs> but I didn't want to run in my padded shorts, and I didn't know I was going to have a long enough transition to change. Yeah. So. Hey, you live and you learn. Next right. time. Next, next time. time. You'll you'll have a PR for sure next time. <laughs> Definitely. Um, My takeaway... I'm excited about your property brothers thing. I can't wait to see that. I think my takeaway is just how awesome Jay Prophet is because so many of these things I listed for I Love Math Day, I couldn't do without him. So thanks, Jay Prophet. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, that, and I'm excited about your bowling alley problem too, Ruth. I have to say, like that that like Jay said, you were able to take one problem so far, and I think that that's um. A good strategy. I was working with a teacher yesterday and I was like, let's, let's kind of have sort of like a theme, not enough, you know, that's kind of a yucky word sometimes, but, um, if we're doing, we were doing fractions and let's like make everything related to a pizza parlor and your pizza is the hexagon shape and work, work back from that. And I kind of like that idea of one context, I guess, that you carry throughout the whole entire lesson. So. A hexagon pizza. I don't think yeah. I'd want to be that pizza guy. <laughs> well, you just make a pizza, and then with your once you have the dough, use the pizza color to nip off the to make it a hexagon. Oh, gotcha. Don't actually pat out a hexagon. Oh, I was just thinking about how, like, if you have a hexagon pizza, how easy it is to cut it into sixth equally. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're going from point to point instead of. I was just thinking about the pizza guy who throws it in the air and it turns into a circle. Oh. And now his boss is like, now make that a hexagon. Yeah. How do <laughs> yeah. you spin it to turn it into a hexagon? Yeah. I think I, think I agree with Jay. You'd make it a circle, push it down in the pizza pan, and then trim off the <laughs> edges or something. Anyway. All right. Well, it's been fun, and I will see you tomorrow on a run. All right. All right.